Hey, I'm Elijah, and thanks for checking out this message today. We're glad that you're here, and we would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way you can do that is to text River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some upcoming events. Lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Morning, everyone. It's hard to follow a video of yourself, right? That's kind of weird. Uh, that's something that we're showing in all nine of our locations, and along with being the location pastor here, I oversee the REACH ministry, uh, and I, am, I, I just want to encourage you, this Saturday, 9 o'clock, today, go sign up for it. Um, you'll get an email, it'll give you the link to, uh, to the stream that we're having, and we hope for hundreds and hundreds of people to come. It'll just give you tools, or maybe even to sharpen those tools on how we can tell people about our amazing Savior. And uh, so I hope you'll join us Saturday, 9 o'clock. It's only an hour and a half long, uh, so, if you're, so we'd love for you to join us with that. Uh, if you have your Bible, we'll be in the book of Philippians. I'd love for you to turn there or uh, open up your app, uh, whatever that is, Philippians, New Testament, after the Gospels, uh, after Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and then we get to Philippians. This month, the month of January, we always take time to speak on what is the church? Why do we meet? Uh, why do we gather? What, what, is the, what is the focus? What is the, the events, the things we do? What do we believe? What are the essentials? Some people uh, would, would categorize this into what is the Rivers Church's statement of faith. You've heard of that, the statement of faith. And a lot of times now we think of the statement of faith is that tab you click on on the website that says what we believe. But this morning and for this month, we're, we're going to speak on the statement of faith. What are the essential matters about our Christian faith? Now, for some of you, you're new, which is amazing. I, I'm tempted to go, who wasn't here last January? But it's amazing to think we're growing as a church. And so we want to speak on what, what is the statement of our faith? What do we believe? Why do we do what we do? Some of you have been around and you can go, Pastor, I can tell you, we reach and we gather and we grow and it's all centered around the gospel. And if you can do that, I'd be like, let's go. Good. So somebody asked you. Uh, but also, we need to... Be resharpened. We need to be reminded. I was reading, and I may have shared this verse a couple weeks ago, but I was reminded in Romans, when it gets to the end of the letter, Paul's writing to the church, and he says, hey, I am so excited for what's going on in the church. And he says, I'm so excited. You know the truth, and you're doing, and you're teaching people. And he says, but I write these things because you need to be reminded. And it's the same thing for us. Why do we do what we do? So this morning, let's talk about the statement of faith. What do we believe? Now, back in the day, when I say back in the day, a few years ago, 8 o'clock, I said 8 o'clock, maybe you understand this, but I would say some 50, 60, 70 years ago, when you lived in Waterford and you drove around Waterford, you'd see a church, and the name of the church really would help you understand their statement of faith. So if it said Methodist, or it said Baptist, or it said Lutheran, or when, you, when you'd see the name, it would give you information. You'd be like, okay, I, I, I know what they believe. This is, the, this is how the Lutherans believe, the Baptists believe. And, and so it would, it would you know, help define it. Today, that's not true. One of the reasons that's not true is because denominations are so broken and scattered. 
What I mean by that is a few months ago, one Sunday I had off, I went to a Lutheran church. You may be like, you went to a Lutheran church? I'd never been to one before. I want to see what it was like. So I went to a Lutheran church, and I went there, and they handed out a bulletin, and on the top of the bulletin, the very first thing it said, it said, we believe the most important thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was like, let's go, all right? So then I you know, sat and listened, they spoke truth. I, I don't believe everything the Lutherans believe, but I believe there are men and women who know the Lord as their Savior, right? They trust in the God, the cross of Christ, and are saved. So you can see that, but... The truth is there's another Lutheran church in this community that doesn't preach the gospel. They preach heresy. They pull people away from the truth. They they do not preach the word of God and they do not preach the Bible. They both have the name Lutheran on their church, preach totally different things. And so now when you drive around to look and to see what, whether, you know, the Baptists or this, you could see that and go, okay, they're a little bit more legalistic. They're a little, I don't know why I put Baptists and legalistic together. I don't know how that happened. But, uh, but, you know, or they're a little bit more liberal or wherever they're at. But the River Church, we, we want you to know we stand on the word of God. And for you to know, hey, this is, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is why we do it. I received an email this week that I received often, a lady said, we're new to the community. We want to know what you believe. She said, we went on the website and you say you, you gather with the saints. Do you, do you believe in saints? I was like, man, what a great question. Then she said, you know, you talk about reaching out and, and that everyone is welcome. What does it mean for everyone to be welcome? Which is great because some churches say everything is welcome and it means something totally different than what other churches say everyone is welcome. So the statement of faith. This morning as we study God's word, we see who we are. Now how we do this, every, every January we take an epistle. We take a letter to one of the churches and we study it. So this month, we are studying the book of Philippians, the whole book. See, Philippians, it is a letter that the church in Philippi received from the apostle Paul. Paul was sent by Jesus, right? He starts the church and goes to the Gentiles, and so he plants these church, and we have a letter from Paul that we believe is from the Holy Spirit to the church in Philippi, and this letter we are to read, and it applies to us, and it is the truth for us. So this week, I have a challenge for you. See, as the River Church, we, will, we, will, we talk about these three words over and over again, reach, gather, grow. It, and here's the deal. We didn't come up with something clever. We weren't like, oh, what did we just come up with? Reach, gather, grow. We're so smart. We're not smart. This is just what the Bible says. And so we didn't come up with something clever. We didn't like, we just, okay, what does the Bible says? It tells us to do this. That's, that's who we are. The Bible tells us that if we are followers of Christ, we're called to reach people with the gospel, that we're called to share our faith with others. And it is centered around the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And then we gather together like we're doing right now. We gather together. Why? Because the Lord has saved us, and we want to give him praise, and we want to worship him, and we want to study the word that he has given us so we can grow to be more like him. 
So we reach, we gather, and then the last word is grow. And Pastor Roy said, you know, if you don't have a growth community, what is that? It's a time for you to dig deeper into God's word. To grow in knowing who Jesus is and what he did and what he's called us to do. So this week, I challenge you to read the book of Philippians. It's only four chapters. You can read it in one setting. Let me t- if I can, as, as difficult as for me to sit there and read, if I can do it, I know you can do it. Only four chapters. But what I want you to do is take out a notepad or on your phone, pull out the app notes, put down reach, gather, and grow. And as you're reading this letter, write down every time you hear people coming to know Christ or you hear the call for us to tell people, to reach people with the good news of Jesus. Every time, write down that verse. And then write down every time you see how important the unity and the oneness of the church is, how we're called to gather, to be together, to help each other, to strengthen each other. Every time you find a verse, write it down. And then write down every time you come across a verse that says, hey, you need to grow in your faith and in the word of God. So you'll find this isn't something that that we've made up. The church is told to reach, to gather, and to grow. So this week, I encourage you on your own to spend time doing that. This morning, we're going to dive right in to Philippians and see what it tells us about being that church. What is our statement of faith? I'd like to pray, and let's dive in. Lord, we need you. Thank you for our church. Lord, I... um, Thank you for the opportunity to be pastor here, shepherding the flock. I love our church. I love being here. Lord God, may we continue to grow into the church you'd have us to be. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Pray for help this morning. Amen. So Philippians, as you read this week, over the next couple of minutes, I hope to help you in reading this. I hope you know who who they are and what it looks like. So in Philippians, Paul writes to them. Now, Paul is writing to them because, uh, here's a little timeline, in the book of Acts in the Bible, it gives us the missionary journeys of Paul. When you get to Acts chapter 16, this is really the second trip that Paul takes. It's the second, what we call the second missionary trip. And he is going to church. He's going to Gentile towns. He's planting churches. People are coming to know the Lord. His call is to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. This is what happens. Now, Paul had no plans to go to Philippi. He had plans to go over here and the door shut. And then plans to go over, nope, nope. God was like, nope, no. You got to ever do that to you? You got plans to go this way? And the Lord goes, no, I got different plans for you. And that's what happens. So Paul gets redirected to go to Philippi. It is the first church Paul planted in Europe. It's not a big city. Some say about 10,000 people. It is a Roman town governed by Roman law. As you read through Acts 16, you'll find his first trip there. you find one who comes to know the Lord. See, Paul would go, whenever he'd go to these towns, he'd usually go on the Sabbath day to go to the synagogue. He'd speak with the Jews first, but it seems like there was no synagogue or they weren't meeting. And so Paul goes outside the town where there's this prayer meeting going on. He runs into this lady whose name is Lydia. 
The Bible says this. It says, one who heard us was a woman named Lydia, who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. What happened that day? She came to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Her eyes were open and she's safe. She comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. It says they began to meet in her house. Then Paul and the group he's with, it seems like he's with Paul and Silas and Timothy and Dr. Luke. That's who's in this group. As we read, we find that uh, the town is not very happy, and so they beat the snot out of Paul and Silas. The Bible says they don't use that. That's a little bit different translation. They're pummeled, and they're put in prison. And this is Paul and Silas. The Bible says that they, after they're pummeled, and I can just see them like soaked in blood, just beaten, they begin to sing praises to God. The Bible says an earthquake happens and the doors open. And the Philippian jailer, mm -hmm, just connecting the dots now, the Philippian jailer is about ready to kill himself because he says, if, if the prisoners escape, I'll, I'm, just, I'm as good as dead. And Paul speaks up and goes, hey, don't do that. We're all here. And it leads them to where the Philippian jailer asks Paul a question. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know what Paul's answer was? He said, listen, you need to get your act together. You start doing better things. You need to like do this. No, that's not what he said at all. He said, you need to believe on Jesus Christ and be saved. He didn't tell him, hey, this is what you need to do to fix it. He says, let me tell you who will fix it. It is Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. It's not about this list of rules. It is about meeting the Savior and believing in Jesus and you will be saved. So Paul Right, leads him, his family comes to know the Lord, the church is planted, and now this letter is written some 10 years later after that visit. Paul loves them. He has a personal relationship with them. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, just describing their relationship, he says this, he says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown cares for them, so proud of them. Through the Spirit, he writes them this letter. In the beginning, the first verses 1 through 26, really, Paul tells them, hey, here's what's going on with me. Paul is in prison. And what's so interesting, many people call this the epistle of joy, because when you read it, it talks about joy over and over again. Yet what is so crazy is the writer is in prison, and he's writing about joy. He's writing to a church that seems to be persecuted and things not going, circumstances not going great. Yet he's going, man, the joy of the Lord is my strength, right? He points to this amazing joy. Again, as you read this, you'll, you'll come to find that Paul wasn't saying circumstances gave him joy or his bank account or his prosperity 
or what people thought of him. What gave him true joy is looking to Jesus. And that's what he's pointing the church to do. So here as he walks through what's happening and telling, hey, I'm praying for you guys. We come to verse 27, Philippians 1.27. Really, I think this is really the, the center of this book. Philippians 1.27, it says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Here, I believe, Paul tells them, hey, here is your statement of faith. The end of that verse says, the end of the verse says, I lost it. I'm going to get there. It says, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. I believe Paul here goes, hey, let me tell you what the statement of faith is. Let me, let me tell you what it is. You know what he says the statement of faith is? He looks at the church in Philippi and says, you're the statement of faith. What does the church believe? What you do. See, what does the river believe? Well, the river is a church. We're a body of believers. So we can say, hey, our statement of faith, the tab you click on on the, on the website that says what we believe. But if we don't act out that statement of faith in the church and who we are, well, then is that what we really believe? See, the truth is, what is the statement of faith? You are and I am. What we believe, how we act, points to what the real statement of faith is in our church. Our manner of life declares what we believe about the gospel of Jesus. I wrote down, so we, we have to make a statement. And I, in my notes, I go, no, no, no. We're all making statements. All of us are. But what we say and what we do and how we drive and how we work, we're all making statements. Like if I were to walk up here today and have a University of Michigan shirt on, it would make a statement, wouldn't it? Make a statement of, ooh, I am excited for tomorrow, let's go, right? And, that would, and uh, it would make a statement of, hey, this is my team. Oh, man, I hope national championship would be awesome. That was like a long time ago when that happened. Do it again. It's, they're just like the best. I would be making a statement. I would be making a statement of who I love, but I'd also be making a statement of who I don't love. Ohio State fans? You know, the Bible talks about there are people in the church that are hard to love, but I still love you, right? <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. No, no, I do love, I'm not kidding, I love you. I do love you. <laughs> but even, even a shirt makes a statement. So what is happening here? Paul's saying if, if we know Jesus Christ, Right? The good news, the gospel, and it's our changed our life. How we live, the words we say, what we do, where we go, it makes a statement about what we truly believe. 
And Paul here calls the church, he says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. What is it supposed to look like? The gospel. Now, it's important. Let's define the gospel because some people go, well, the gospel is is just love or the gospel is the Bible or the gospel is God. No, no, the gospel, uh, let me... um, 1 Corinthians explains it very clearly. The gospel is the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. It is the truth that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Romans 1.16, it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did. And here he says, you want to know what the statement of faith is? It is when believers wrap their lives around the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we gather together this January for a call for if the river church is your home, may we wrap our lives around the good news of Jesus And this passage is so amazing. So let me walk you through it a little bit. It starts out with the word only, which other translations says it like this, like just one thing, this very important, serious thing you need to pay attention to. What is it? To live worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So just this one thing. It says live in a manner. And when you dive deep, and I'm, I'm no Greek scholar, but as I was studying, uh, some people have studied this. The Greek wording here, when you get to the base of that Greek word, it comes to a word city, which points to the word citizen. It's, it's, so, it's so cool. When you read this, it could literally mean we're called to live as citizens worthy of the gospel. To live in that city that this is who we are. And so this citizenship... In Philippians 3.20, a little later in the book, he says this, but our citizenship is in heaven. So it says our manner of life, our citizenship. Now think about this. In Philippi, it's a Roman town. Is it Rome? Nope. But the people... They come under the Roman rule, and so now their language is now the Latin language. So now they sound like the Roman people. Their architecture is now being built to look like the architecture of Rome. They begin to talk. They begin to name their kids Roman names. They, they think about, okay, so we, we want to honor the Romans. We're, we're so, to have the citizenship is so important to us. So you'd come to Philippi and you'd walk in. Is it Rome? No, but it sure smells like it. Sure looks like it. People sure act like it. If I didn't know what Rome was, I do now because they, 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 they look like Rome. They love Rome. This is what they, it's who they are. And Paul says, hey, you know how you're in Philippi and people are citizens of Rome? You're citizens of heaven. What does that mean? That when people come around you, you should smell a little bit like heaven. People come and they should go, man, that sounds a little bit of what I think heaven should sound like. 
we gather together and we sing. We don't sit there, I'm in the wrong song, I ain't doing it. I don't think we're going to do that in heaven. It's too loud, too soft. I don't think we're going to care. See, it says our citizenship, when people come around us, we should point them to heaven. They should come and go, man, that, that looks a little bit about, that, that, I think that's how Jesus would act. I think that's how Jesus would love. I think that's how Jesus would serve. I think that's how it points them. And so church, what is the statement of faith? The statement of faith is the river church, we're called to be citizens of heaven. More than people go, you're a citizen of Michigan, you ready? Be careful. More than you're a citizen of the United States, more than that, people will go, hey, you're a citizen of heaven. You know the gospel of Jesus Christ. They come to Philippi and go, this looks like Rome. Do people come into the church and go, man, the love that's in heaven, I sure feel that love now. The care. People praising the Lord. People being kind. I saw these people gathered together. They were praying together. People helping each other. I think some people go, you know, I think heaven's boring. I think because they go to church and they go, man, that place is boring. Listen, I don't come to church on Sunday. I'm not bored. I love it. I'm being honest with you. I love gathering with you. I love seeing new people coming in going, what is this place? Is this place real or fake? Do they really love the Lord? They're putting on a show. Is this really who they are? And I want to tell you our statement of faith is we want to be wrapped around the gospel of Jesus Christ because his love has changed us. It's not a little change. It's a big change. It's why so many people come and go, I don't need the gospel. You don't look any different than I do. Man, if we have the gospel, we have Jesus. It's going to change us. We look different. We sound different. We do different. Not because we have a list of rules, but because we have a Savior, a powerful Savior who has changed our life. That's the difference. I had a man come in my office a couple weeks ago. I'd never met him before. He'd never met me. He came in and struggling with some things. And he just said, hey, I had met with another pastor at one of your locations, thought maybe I'd meet somebody here. And so he sat down and began to talk. He began to tell me of a struggle and really came to go, how do I fix the struggle? And so I told him, I said, hey, we got to go back to the start line first. Because it's not a bunch of do's and do this is going to fix it. Let's come back to Jesus who will fix it and change you. And begin to... I began to walk through the gospel and how Jesus died on the cross and that we are sinners and we fall short of the glory of God and only because of God's son may we have a relationship with God. It is through him. It's not by your works. It's by what he did, but it is faith in him. And it was really like, he looked at me and said, Pastor, thank you for explaining this like like a, he said, like a five-year-old, I get it. Like, he just said, thank you for walking me through and just wanting to be clear because I don't know if you've ever shared the gospel and you've been like, well, I did terrible there. 
But, but he's like, thank you. And he goes, so following the Lord isn't about just a statement or doing this or that. Following the Lord is surrendering my life to the Lord. And I was so fired. I'm like, yes. Right? Salvation isn't just a statement. Salvation is a life change. A glorious life change that takes us to a different road in a different way. And he came right up to that and he said, okay, I know what it is. But this is where the belief comes in, right? That you can know about Jesus and know about these things. But there is a believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. So please don't hold on to, well, I got baptized or I said this saying. Do you believe in Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life? And if we do, then church, our statement of faith, let it be that we live a life as citizens of heaven, worthy of the gospel of Jesus. And the gospel of Jesus, right? it is Christ and the cross, and what is that? Him loving you. If we live out that gospel, then Him loving you pushes us to love other people. The gospel of Jesus is Christ, right? God is just, and so Jesus dies and takes the payment that is due to us. There's justice. So we who are followers of the gospel, we stand for justice. It is Jesus who came as a servant. So what do we do? We become servants. It's Jesus who was obedient to point of death. What do we do? Get Hold on. That we become obedient to the point of death. Jesus humbled himself. Then that's what we do. We humble ourselves. This is the statement of faith. Paul goes on to say, so that whether I come and see you or an absent, I may hear that you are standing firm. This is a soldier term. One who's going to get pushed and to get knocked over, but they, they won't do it. It's a soldier term that, man, I am, I'm locked in. I'm not leaving. Throughout the Bible, in Ephesians, and Galatians, and Corinthians, it talks about standing firm in our faith. So how do we live out the statement of faith? We as a church stand firm. The lady who wrote me an email this week, and hopefully she's here, I hope so. Um, she said, hey, do you stand for this or not stand for this? When the Bible says to stand firm, one author pointed out, he said, this is a positive thing and a negative thing. What it means is we stand firm for the Lord, which means we stand firm against Satan. We stand firm on truth, which means we stand firmly against the lies of Satan. We stand firmly on the righteousness that the Bible calls us to. What does that mean? That we stand firmly against the lies that are going around in churchy places that say, hey, you don't really need to follow what the word of God says. Nor a statement of faith is we stand firm on the truth. 
says, standing firm in one spirit with one mind. How do we stand? Firmly locked arm in arm with others in the church. We stand together, church. This is why we gather together. The Bible says in John 13, love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. That our statement of faith is when we stand firm in the truth, that we stand firm, that we are together, unified, helping one another, caring for one another. It's this picture of, man, i got to stand firm, but man, I am taking some punches lately. You ever feel that? Or, man, I, I have been tripping up lately. I can tell you, we, we all can trip up, but it's awfully hard to hit the ground if you have two people holding you up on both sides. That's the picture of the church. Arm in arm, carrying one another. And when you're struggling, they're like, it's okay, we got you. And when you trip... We got you. We care for one another. This unity. That's why meeting together is so important. It's like you being here and being faithful here. It isn't just for you. It's that we help one another. That's why streamers, I love you. But if you can get to a location, get to a location. Because... Somebody needs your shoulder to cry on because you can grow together with others. And I love the stream because some of you can't, but some of you can. And to gather together as the saints to strengthen one another, to hold one another. You've heard me say there's no ninjas in the church, and some of you try. You try. Right? Phil gets done singing, I pray. Boop, there you are. I get done praying, boop, they're gone. It's not the church. And someone may say, no, but we're secret agents. <laughs> Doesn't work in the church. No secret agents. Unity. As we've been growing as a church, over the last few years, I think of couples, think of men and women who have come who are just just watching people grow, one of the key elements is them in community with one another. Just watching some of these couples, I could point them out through the auditorium. They've been here for six months, a year, two years. What has happened? They've come into the church. They're growing. They're in community. They're, they're meeting with the saints. They're helping one another. It's It's fantastic. It is why every Sunday, Roy and Pat and Phil and, and Mitchell get up here and go, hey, you connected? You want to try to get connected? We've got a way you can do this connected, this connected. It's, it's not because like, we're trying to get your info. We don't care about that. We so believe the church is the best thing to be connected to. We so believe there's nothing like it. We so believe it is vital. We so believe we need you to serve and to love one another and to give and to go and to pray and to teach and to love and to sacrifice. This is our statement of faith.
says of one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And I don't know how anybody can read that and go, nah, we don't need the church. We can do it alone. It's not biblical. We do it together. Striving side by side. This word striving, the base of this word is spelled in Greek, A-T-H-L-E-O. The word we get from it is athletic or, or athletes. It is a picture of teamwork. Here it says, what's the church look like? It looks like soldiers. It looks like teammates. I love what one said. It said, what binds us together is an age or similar economics or preferences. What binds us together is the gospel of Jesus Christ and spirit of God. He goes on to say, we are more like magnets than a bag of marbles. There should be unity in the church. My son started basketball this last couple weeks. I go, how's it going? He's love. I'm great, Dad. Love this, learning this, doing this. He said, the only thing, Dad, this practice, our team was doing, I mean, our, our group was doing right, but a couple other guys in our team, they were messing around, so they made us run, I can't call it what we used to call it, uh, down and backs, all right? Free throw back, half court back, three, okay, all right. So I didn't even do anything wrong, but the, the team... I said, right, son, you're a team. You win together, you lose together. That's why the Bible says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. We do this as a team. So this month, as we study the book of Philippians, may we realize we're the statement of faith. Not what we write down on the webpage, but what we say with our lips and do with our lives. That is how we proclaim the gospel to the community around us. And they so need to know Jesus Christ. Because if you know him, you know it changes everything. We stand, please. pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word that's so true. Thank you, Lord. Your word tells us your Holy Spirit is so real, teaching us the truth, and I pray for that this morning. Lord, as your word says that Paul, when he spoke the eyes of Lydia, her eyes were open to your truth. May this morning someone in here, eyes be open to the true gospel. And where they're at this morning, may they just say, Lord, I believe in you. Save me. We praise you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.